Okay, so we're continuing on the topic over here of uh, Ona and the requirement to go ahead and sell things at the uh, within the proper range, not uh, more than a sixth of its uh, of its co- of its uh, of its market value. And we're going to discuss things just from the perspective of the seller, even though it really goes both ways. So then, there's an interesting halacha, which is be'amuna. Somebody who buys and sells on trust, meaning what? The hainu shomer lokech. Where the merchant says to the customer, I bought it for this amount, and I'm charging you 15% more. Whatever it is, I'm telling you, this is how much I bought it for, I'm charging you 15% more, 20% more, 30% more, whatever amount it is. So, so in such a case where the merchant is upfront like that in terms of how much he spent and then how much uh, his... Uh, how much more he is uh, he is uh, uh, charging is uh, uh, his profit. So all of that is going to be okay, even if it turns out that he was ripped off, that he was uh, uh, exploited when he bought it. But nonetheless, as long as he's up front and he's saying, "I'm just making this amount," that's okay. However, if it turns out that he lied, he said he bought it for 100 and he's only charging 50% more, and he really bought it for 50 and he's charging whatever that percentage to get from 50 to, uh, to, 100, uh, to 115. So then, then he would have to go ahead and refund that money because once he was deceptive, so then the, uh, the transaction really falls apart and he must refund that, uh, that difference. Now the next halach is, this is uh, famous just because it's the beginning of uh, Maseches Makos, so many people would recognize it from there. Homer l'chaveru. If a person says, if a merchant says to his friend, I'm selling this to you on condition that you have no claim of ona against me. So that stipulation is meaningless. So the, uh, the uh, customer is still going to be able to claim, you overcharged me a six, you overcharged me more than a six. You can't be masna amasha customer Torah. You can't make it tanai against what it says in the Torah, and that tanai is invalid. When is this true that such a stipulation does not work? Bistam. That's when it's presented as we just presented it. Where the customer doesn't know how much ona, how much he's being exploited, how much over the market value he's spending to, uh, to go ahead and be mocha. And certainly, Im Amar that in the event that the stipulation that the merchant made was, I'm selling this to you with the assurance that I am not ripping you off, that's that there is no exploitation, and then it turns out he lied through his teeth, so then certainly the customer will be able to uh, invoke his rights of uh, somebody who is exploited because you assured me that you're not overcharging me, and you did. So that was a lie, and therefore I didn't lose any of my rights. But in the event that they're very specific, they're explicit as far as what the ona is, then, and the customer knows that uh, up front, the chatrila, then he can't come back later and say, you exploited me, you overcharged me, and I want a refund. Ketzad, how does that work? In the Shochanach, the Chazal in Shochanach puts it in dramatic terms. But we say, If a mocher, if a merchant says to his friend, 
that this uh, uh, item, which I'm buying from you for $200, I know perfectly well, I just looked it up online as I walked in, and I know that it only goes for $100. And I know that I'm over, I'm paying you $200 for this $100 item. Or the, sorry, the mocher says, I'm selling you this item for $200, and I know that it really only costs $100, but I'm selling it to you anyways, these are my conditions. I'll sell it to you for $200. On condition that you have no claim of ona against me, that that's the condition of the sale. So in that case, he can't come back later and say, oh, you exploited me by charging me twice as much. I told you I was charging you twice as much. If I told you, I'm charging you twice as much, and you agreed to go ahead and do so, don't come complaining to me later when you got home and you told your wife about it, and she blew, uh, she blew her top, that you went ahead and spent $200 on a $100 item, too late, and uh, that's what was stipulated, and too bad for you. And I'll advise you, send you to a good marriage therapist. And the same thing works in the opposite direction, where a customer says to the merchant, you go uh, you negotiate with a, a, a garage sale or something like that, you say to the seller, this item which I'm going to spend $100, I'll pay you $100 for it, I know perfectly well that it costs 200 but I'm not going to pay you any more than 100. I'm only paying you half. I'm not paying you uh, the 200 the, that you would like. And I'm doing so on condition that you don't come back to me later and say, hey, you only paid me half of the price of the, half of the value of the thing, and I want the other money. But, I, but the, the customer says, I'm buying it on this condition that I'm only spending 100 and you're going to have no complaints against me whatsoever. So they're also, ain't lo alav ona. So there also is going to be the person that is not going to be able to make a complaint later on. What he doesn't mention over here, which is uh, the, uh, sometimes the more uh, common case, is when a person that doesn't know the exact numbers of how much the item costs and how much more he's spending for it, but he clearly knows that he's spending much more than it's actually worth. So in that case, when it's Yosem Mikideo, no, that's more Mikidei Shetoeth, sorry, that a person clearly knows that he's spending more than it's actually worth and agrees to buy it anyway, so then it was under those conditions that he bought it, and he's not going to be able to come back later and claim that, uh, that he was uh, exploited. So bartering may be a, a different thing altogether when we're talking about the... Bargaining. Oh, bargaining. Uh, uh, it, yeah, the, you as a customer don't necessarily know how much it's worth. You know how much they want to charge you. You know, back in the day, you go in the Arab shop and they say, oh, that's a beautiful mezuzah case. How much is it? $300. $300? I'm going to pay you more than three. Okay, I'll sell it to you for five. You know, something, something like that. So they knew up front that they were charging you way more and they were just hoping that you were some uh, ignorant uh, tourist who's willing to pay that amount. Then when you tell them, I know how much it costs, and I'm not paying you that, I'll pay you this. So that, uh, yeah. But that would be ona. I mean, to, to the unknowing tourist, so that, uh, that would actually be ona. Special mezuzah case. It contains sacred scrolls. So that's, uh, it really has bazooka joe inside. It doesn't even have mezuzah. The holy bazooka joe. So if one were to say selling to Simon Shas, and it's got a $100 face value, everyone knows it's supposed to be $100, but you want these seats... Yeah, so, so, so right. You're going to have to pay, you know, I'm, I'm charging 250 for it, but right. uh, you, know it's a, you know what I paid for it originally. Right, so the, we, we didn't even touch upon, which he, I don't think he's going to do, but we didn't even touch upon uh, market value. That's why I hesitated a couple of times in terms of what it's cost. It's not what it's cost. It's one-sixth more than it's cost. It's one-sixth more than it's market value. So the face value on a ticket may say $100, but the markup 
in terms of the aftermarket, uh, how much people are willing to spend on it, that could be much more than what the face value is. So that, that, would, that, would, that would still be considered to be its cost currently. And if you're the only supplier on the market, you drive that cost? Then you can, drive, you can charge whatever you want. Yeah.